0: You're listening to Broncos for Breakfast with Nick Kendall and Scott Kennedy.
1: Which means it's time for another episode of Broncos for Breakfast. And I am joined today by my good friend, co-host, Scott Kennedy. Scott, our names are missing. What's going on? <laughs> I don't know. We'll have to bring
0: up some banners, I guess. We can probably yeah. find ourselves in there somewhere. Did you forget to sign in today? I'm, am I a Facebook user one? Or no, I, sure. I'd be Facebook user two for sure. You're, you're number
1: one. You're number one. Not in this house. God, I'll say that. It's The cat, the dog, the wife, and then I'll. Oh, smart man! The cat yeah, I, I say.
0: Uh, I say, yeah, it's, it's a democracy in the house, but she's got fifty-one percent of the vote. So
1: yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
0: and the well, other line I use, and you can use this one whenever anybody asks me anything. I'm like, I don't know, you know, I'm I'm labor, not management.
1: <laughs> oh man, that one is that one almost says too real. That was a forced laugh because. I don't want to look. Does it hurt? Did, did I mirror. stick that
0: one in just a little bit?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to look that deep in the mirror. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, welcome in. Um, you guys can follow us both on Twitter: Scott at Scout Kennedy and myself at Nick Kendall M H H. You can follow us also at um, at Mile High Huddle and at Huddle Up Pod. Uh, make sure you guys go over to HuddleUpPod.com dot to get your swag on. I got a hat coming on the way, so you got your Broncos for breakfast gear there. Facebook, folks, you, you need to get yours. Yeah, I mean, I you you're going. I always have my bedhead going this early in the morning. Um, But uh, facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod. Also join us on YouTube by subscribing, liking and sharing. And make sure you guys are getting your stars and your super chats in. uh, So that way you get a chance to win a Justin Simmons jersey. The top five super chat givers uh, this month will get a chance to draw. And a minimum of 500 stars uh, gets you your name in the hat, I guess, the metaphorical hat uh, to win. That Justin Simmons jersey, which, man, Justin Simmons had a pretty good game this week. Maybe wasn't the best safety on the field, um, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that here. We're going to talk a little bit of risers and fallers and guys who stood out to us. Uh, let's say hello to the chat. Good morning from Jason O'Neill. Too bad about Josie. Man, repping the Hawks. That's a big bummer for me. I was I'm like, please just don't want to be injured. He was playing great, too. Um, next man or men up, cough, cough, Stranada Browning. I have heard and read rumors about trading for a player and was curious if we need to um we'll see we'll get into that a little bit uh, ej's coming in good morning nick and scott in broncos country good to see you ej us dave morning all dba good morning everyone broncos and raiders are the only 2-0 teams in the afc um don't lie to me if you think you, that's how it was going to turn out this early season but uh football's great and uh you know broncos don't, broncos don't have to apologize for being 2-0 i already see the media kind of getting at him or some other fans like you play who's in front of you that's all you can do
0: Well, Uh, it's, it's what I've said this whole time. You know, when you're five and 11 the year before, you know, until you beat those teams, you are one of those teams. So it's like, so, Oh, they haven't beaten anybody. Well, we weren't anybody last year, you know? And and that's the answer for this is we were one of those teams. So now we've taken a step above them where you're not giving us credit for beating the bad teams. So you are by default admitting that we're a good team.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, you know, you don't have to, I've, I say all the time, you don't have to apologize. You didn't make the schedule. You only can play who's in front of you, and um, you take care of business, and then you can talk about, oh, your schedule's too easy. Well, it looks easy right now because we whipped them. Um, so, uh, sorry, I guess. Dave Glassman coming up. Good to see you, Dave. We got Chris Beeston in the house. Morning, fellas. Good morning to you, Chris. Albert and Alpers. Albert, it's been a minute. Hi, how you doing? Hope you're doing well. Sup, guys, says Albert. We got Greg Smith here also. Good morning. Broncos for breakfast. And uh, Nick and Scott, aloha. Andrew Morrow's in here, too. Good morning, gentlemen. Nice being 2-0. And, oh. and uh, Michael Ronquillo. Good to see you, Michael. Good morning, again, Scott from Broncos for Breakfast. And Greg Smith. <laughs> Always love saying hello to Greg Smith, too. I love that. What a, what a brotherhood. And uh, Broncos country yeah. as well. Go and Broncos. Michael,
0: appreciate the stars that came with that, too. I know um, you were super active on the stars uh, last night on the Mile High yeah. Huddle pod. And I think if you're not at the very top of the stars ranking, you're knocking on the door. So
1: appreciate the support through all the podcasts. Yeah, thanks, Michael. That means a lot. But make sure you keep coming back to this one. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Ya. Um, Alan Perez, good morning to you all. Will Wilson we'll see ghosts after this weekend? He might already be seeing ghosts. God, let's uh let's talk about that, too. Uh, we'll probably get more into that on Thursday. Chris Christopher Espinosa saying, good morning, guys. It's great to be a Broncos fan. Yes, it is. Once again, it's been a bit. But it's always been great, but it's been a little bit uh, less palatable than it's been this year. And uh, Michael Ronquillo, good morning, buddy. Good to see you. Miguel coming in here, too. Good morning from New Mexico. Broncos for breakfast. So, uh, said hello to everybody in the chat. Thank you for coming in. Thank you for joining us early. Hopefully we'll keep it rolling here and we can keep talking a little bit of ball, but, uh, yeah, we want to talk some Denver Broncos versus Jacksonville Jaguars. The Broncos are two and O, which is fantastic. Um, and we have had some injuries. The games have not been totally clean, but we want to just talk a little bit of who stood out to us. Um, who is, uh, disappointed and uh, who are guys that, you know, have taken us back in a positive way. So Scott, I'll, I'll give you the floor first. Um, anybody from this Jacksonville Jaguars game, unless you want to talk just general uh, Jags Broncos before you get into that.
0: Listen up Broncos country. Tick pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the huddle up podcast and
1: ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Um, I, I think I can talk general first. Um, Just, you know, we, we talked about what could go wrong for this game. You know, what, what are some of the things to look for? And we talked about, you know, uh, Chark, uh, O'Shaughnessy, uh, Jones, not dropping every pass that was thrown to him like they did in week one. And they didn't. They, yeah. they came out hot. They came out firing very well because um, Trevor Lawrence was good in that first game. He was really good. And I, I think I, uh, we told you last week on Thursday, if you, have, if you haven't seen Trevor Lawrence play, you're, you're going to like what you see. I mean, the, the, t- the talent, the tools, the size, the athleticism, it's all there. So they came out hot. Nice throw. F- finished off a uh, finished off the run with the, 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 to Marvin Jones on a you know a nice pass to the end zone. Um, Denver slowly took control of this game. And I guess my overall thought of this at the end was uh, Auburn Tigers had an, uh, an undefeated season under Tommy Tuberville, and they were dominating. They they were just totally dominating that year. But they didn't blow teams out. Tommy Tuberville got the nickname Tubber Shell because he would kind of just it was like a boa constrictor. It's like we're going to get the lead and then we're just going to squeeze you. We're just we're just going to squeeze the life out of you and have a nice comfortable win. To me that's kind of what this felt like. It, it it felt while the score wasn't it ended up being a little closer than 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 it really was because of a, a late score by Jacksonville this felt like a boa constrictor to squeeze a life out of you. Never in doubt.
1: We're going to win this game. We're the
0: better team. And it was, it was a good, it was a good overall win for the Broncos.
1: Yeah. And again, I hate to be the guy that, you know, talks about the zebras, but I felt like, you know, some games you are going to have it where the refing does not fall on you. Cause it's random. They're doing the best they can. I, I don't, I don't think there's any maliciousness um, from them, uh, but it was a game where, you know, some calls went one way and they didn't go the Broncos way. And it might've been a little even closer or not as close. Uh, if, it would have been a more, I don't want to say fairly, but just a better ref game. Well, it it started off early. Yeah. You
0: know, it started off really early. A pass interference call against Patrick Sertan. And when you're watching like I was, had to watch on a condensed game, those happen within about 25 seconds of each other. Yep. You know, pass interference, an underthrown ball, which is just, it's impossible for that. Right. That's such an unfair, you you know, you know you did it, but when, the, when it's underthrown and the guy you're chasing just slams on the brakes, Yep. And you bump into him. You're like, man, what am I supposed to do? So, okay, pass interference. Yeah. But then two plays later on the other side, Teddy Bridgewater goes deep to, to Sutton. Yeah. And you can say it was underthrown a little bit, but you know, it was 55 yards in the air. If anything, it just needs to come out sooner. Um, Sutton throws on the brakes. Shaq Griffin runs into him. They tip. They're watching the ball fly around. They get all dizzy. The refs get confused because the ball's bouncing all over the place. It was the same play. Yeah. You know, that, that should have been first and first and goal at the nine. Yep. Uh, instead, it was you know a punting situation. So um, I agree with you early on uh, uh, specifically there. Um, at the end of the half, though, I thought that uh, I think it was Caden Stearns. I thought he was a little lucky not to get a personal foul mm-hmm. shoving. Yeah. Uh, I think it was Chark out of bounds. Could have gotten mm-hmm. 15 and set him up for a shorter field goal. So, but the big one for me was like you know be consistent on that call, please. You know it's a crap call against a defensive back anyway, but yeah. be consistent with it at least.
1: Yeah, I saw you this weekend. Speaking of bad calls, I saw you fuming about that uh, Auburn-Penn State game. Where oh, the you, targeting with you. on that. Yeah, the
0: the targeting on college football is just out of control. But
1: yeah. if anybody cares, we can talk about that later. <laughs> yeah, that was not good. Almost as bad as the taunting this weekend, too. That was really dumb as well, but uh, not dumb. Doug Freeland coming in. Morning, guys. Cute pup. Uh, keep, keep that pit picture coming. Um, Joe Webster's in the house. Morning Broncos for breakfast. Morning to you, Joe. Good to see you. Um, Jason O'Neill. What are some of the keys for a faster start? The opponents from weeks four to eight can and will score, but our defense is really stout um, keys for starting faster. How about this is something that's bothered me. Um the Broncos this week. Let me pull up the box score um, here real quick. Team stats. Da, 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 da. Okay. I did not see it on here. The Broncos. Oh, here we go. Two for 11 on third down. Two for 11 for third down is not going to get it done against better teams. And uh, how are you better on third down? You're better on first and second down. And the Broncos, I feel like continuously in this game, we're third and long, third and 11, third and nine, you know, third and 14. So uh, they need to be better on first and second down. And a lot of that comes down to either uh, play calling, um, not, you know, just running it into the backs of your offensive linemen, especially if the other team is stacking the box uh, or just running it more efficiently. Um, but right now, like the third downs, not, not good. And it's because they're not winning on first and second down. And uh, Peter coming in with the
0: stars, talking oh, about Broncos good. for breakfast with the big burgers and fries. I, I think, I think any type of breakfast food is good for dinner and vice versa. I mean, yeah. cold pizza for goodness sake—that became a show. It's such a, a good thing. And and uh, you know, waffles and, and scrambled eggs for dinner, yes, mm-hmm. please. So Peter, appreciate the stars on this. But getting back to the, getting back to it, I think. We talked early about last week about Jacksonville selling out to stop to stop the run. You know, mm-hmm. is Teddy going to beat us over the top? And it, the, the looking at the box score, the first half, one of the things that surprised me it was almost a two to one pass ratio. Yeah. So there wasn't a lot of early success running, but there wasn't necessarily a commitment to going with the run as well. Um, you know, and some of those stats can get skewed a little bit. You know, a, a big sixteen yard sack to kill the first drive um, yeah. that was a blown assignment. Not necessarily a bad play, you yeah. know. Garrett Bowles, you know, when Teddy's rolling out to his left and Garrett Bowles releases a guy to his left, he kind of. I, I watched him after that play, and Garrett Bowles looks around like, "What on earth?" You know, so someone someone got their signals crossed on that play. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, getting the running game going. Uh, you got a, you had a new starter in there uh, with uh, with Muti. Um Reisner has been okay. Um, Good pass block, but. I think we saw we liked what we saw out of Javante Williams running the ball. You know, close to a five yard average, whereas uh, Gordon was about two and a half. But I think you gotta you gotta get the running game going a little bit more to have, like you said, to to be in in better situationals on third down.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like uh, the way I look at it on third down is if you're third and short, you have access to the entire menu. You know, like because you have you can go short if you want to. You can take a home run shot over the top because the defense is thinking we got to stop this third down. Um, you have play action is in your pocket as well. Something that um, if you're not third and short, you know, teams aren't going to buy it. Uh, so that's all stuff that, uh, you know, you're, you only have a dollar in your pocket when you're third and 11 and you can buy from the dollar menu. Uh, that's not what you want. Um, so you have to be a little bit better on first and second down. That stood out to me. Penalties are another one that stood out to me for the Broncos. I mean, it's, this does show like a, how bad the bat the Jags are, but how good this Broncos team can be as well, or just the, the talent deficit or a, a gap between these two teams. Broncos had, uh, let me pull it up here 10 penalties for 101 yards like that is that is not going out there and playing clean football right like that there and there are teams where you're not going to have that margin for error you can't do that but the Broncos came out and won this game I mean the defense only gave up seven points right besides this god blessed special teams touchdown that gave up um but I did a radio hit yesterday i'm like oh yeah the Broncos they only gave up seven points so like oh, I was 13. God, the special teams. I'm blocking that in my head. <laughs> Broncos um,
0: defense only gave up. You can yes. you can you can say it that way. And you know, I'm going back to the OL oh, well, Peter. Appreciate your support as always. You've played two decent decent defensive end groups, right? Are they really so bad, or is it just the players they're facing? Uh, the, I think the Giants front four, or you know, however you want to call it, depending on their whatever their scheme is, that their defensive front is considerably better than the Jacksonville defensive front. I was expecting the Broncos to have a little more success running the ball. That said. Teddy Bridgewater uses the passing game a lot like a running game. You know, he, yeah. when he when he his first seven passes were to six different receivers, most of those were short plays. Th- that's basically, okay, you're going to stack the box. I'm going to take a three-step drop. I'm going to look around, and I'm going to hit somebody five yards away from me in the flat. It's it's, it's very similar to a running game. So and it, it, it almost was like, at times, the Broncos offense using Teddy Bridgewater was an extension of the running game. And that loosened things. Yeah. It, it it definitely loosens things up for later on in the game. Um, it brings the safeties in a little tighter to try and stop that so you can go over the top of them. And again, the Broncos had several shots downfield based on the way the defense was was playing. So if you're going to give me the long shot, I'll take it.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, Vic Fangio in his press conference yesterday mentioned that the, their first two opponents they've played have schematically done a lot to try to take away the run game uh, with box numbers and slanting linebackers coming downhill at the snap. Um, and they're just saying, you know we don't really trust the offensive line and Teddy Bridgewater to, to beat us. Um, so we're gonna take away the run game and see how that how that works. And so far, it hasn't worked. Uh, Teddy's been but, playing great football.
0: And, and look at the overall picture,
1: right The, the overall picture was 400 yards of offense. yeah. so if
0: you're gonna say if, if you can if you're good enough on defense that you can play honest stop the run with your front and then stop the pass there aren't many yeah. defenses like that. Nope. So when you're the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're okay on defense, they had to stop something. They sold out to sell the running game. We're not sold that Teddy Bridgewater is going to beat us. Guess what? Teddy Bridgewater beats you. Yeah. Obviously yeah. not just Teddy Bridgewater, but you know, he he's thrown for 300 yards on about 75% passing, a couple of touchdowns, moving the ball in the pocket, um, you know, buying time, making the right place. Yep. And Teddy Bridgewater and that Broncos offense still beat you handily. You know, they, they, it was two to one in in yards, 400 to 200. That was a, like I said, the score doesn't look it, but that was a dominating display by the Denver Broncos.
1: Yep. Uh, They just got to clean up a few things here and there, but uh, you know, it was a good game uh, overall besides some of the injuries and some, some frustrations just because you were expecting to beat uh, the Jags, but you know, good teams win, great teams cover the spread. And the Broncos have done that two weeks in a row. So can't be too upset.
0: And, and Uh, And this was a road
1: game. Yep. To, exactly. And also, don't people don't want to take this for granted too? Back-to-back games on the East Coast. Historically, Broncos have a very hard time winning games on the Eastern Time Zone. I mean, that dates back to when they had Elway. Even um, so, the East Time Zone, those early kickoffs, uh, they've had issues with that. And uh, Broncos are two and zero on the East. Now they get to have their first home game. Um, it's gonna be rocking. I'm really excited. Uh, we got Mark coming in here. Good morning, y'all. Cute dog always is. As always, Mark, uh, Teddy Two Gloves, is top seven quarterback in stats to start the season. It must be so early I'm still sleep sleeping because I was told he has Teddy checked down this offseason. Uh, teddy Bridgewater, number two in uh, air yards so far, pretty high up there in yards per attempt. Um, I think he's either the one, two, or three quarterback when you look at uh, completion percentage over expected and EPA per play. Uh, so, yeah, he's been great. And, yes, they played the Jags. Yes, they played the Giants who... Are, Good defense. Um, this will normalize some as the season continues. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, but Teddy Bridgewater is playing great. Um, part of it also is we talked about it you know, teams are tight, uh, stacking the box, playing single high safety a lot, um, to take away the run game. And Teddy's making them pay. Uh, so, um, is he going to finish the year as the best quarterback in football? Probably not. Does um, he have but to? I, no, I mean, honestly, he could really. Honest to God, with the way he's playing right now, the mastery he already looks like he has in this offense, staying healthy, the weapons he has, putting those guys in good spots, I don't think it's out of the picture to say he will finish the season as a top 10 to 12 quarterback, statistically. And that's with a great defense where they're playing, you know, take the air out of the ball sometimes against these teams. So he's he's playing better than anybody could have expected.
0: Really. Yeah, I think- for sure. You know, I'm, I'm a Teddy fan. I've been a Teddy fan for a long time. Um, I, I didn't expect him to come out and play this well. So, you know, and and I had high hopes for for Teddy Bridgewater. And that's not nothing against Drew Locke. I I just, I've followed Teddy since he was in high school and just love the guy. And like I said before, even if you don't like the, okay, here comes a retread. Uh, This guy has been, he's on his fifth team. I I get all that. I do. But Teddy Bridgewater is a really, really easy guy to root for. He really is. And if, when he's playing this well, he's going to, you know, you to put a statue up for him, for goodness' sakes. I mean, I'm, I'm exaggerating, of course, but he's just such a good person, teammate, leader, yep. community member that he's really, really easy to root for. And and when he's playing this well, everybody's easy to root for. Yeah. <laughs> you can make excuses for for uh, guys that are you know a holes to to root for them. They might be an a hole, but they're my, they're my, they're my a hole.
1: Uh, uh, he, I was talking to somebody who well, watches a lot of quarterbacks on the other day and he's like, you know what, Teddy looks springy again and he has not looked springy in a long time. I don't know if he's trusted that knee. I mean, even he looked good early last year in Carolina. And how how long was that knee injury? Was it four, four years, three years? Something like, I mean, there was talk of his leg being amputated. Like it was that. Yeah. I mean, injury.
0: it's, it's been a while, a, a true ACL injury, a good ACL injury for a quick twitch. When you're talking about a springy type of thing is 18 months. Yeah. So you know, we said, what can you expect from Cortland Sutton? Sutton, it will will be back faster because he is a size receiver. He's not necessarily a, a cut receiver like a yeah. cornerback is, but a cornerback type of player to come back or a, a slot guy to come back 100 from an injury like that is 18 months. Yeah. Teddy's was worse. It was, you know, te- Teddy's was worse. Yeah. So, um, you know, if he's fully healthy again, uh, and and not even just healthy in the leg, but you know, up here mentally. Yeah. Confident, um, you know, to, to you just use the word trust, then you, you got yourself a good quarterback.
1: Yep, absolutely. Speaking of good, good comments coming in here. Karaoke Chris, good morning, guys. It was a rough game, but we made out with a W. Any, I mean, I guess there are ways that you could win games that it would not be worth it, like if your whole team got hurt. Um, But that's not the case here. Any win's a good win. So we'll take it. Uh Miguel coming in here saying, are Reisner and Cushionberry really playing as bad as Eric Trickle is saying? Um, They are... They're struggling, and I think it's a big issue right now that they're both next to each other also because when it's a run game, it's like a black hole there where they can't get any push. They're getting beat. Uh, Reisner has been solid in pass protection, so you don't want to totally um, take him out. And also Cushionberry's is not playing like the worst center in football. Like He has taken steps since last year, but in the run game right now, those two guys are just getting no push, um, and it's really just uh, anchoring the entire run game.
0: And, and speaking of anchor, I, I put a special eye on on Mootie. Um, mm-hmm. just because, uh, you know, he was new in, and, you know, I, I had been a little critical of him in the preseason and I thought he was actually better. You know, he's supposed to be this, you know, uh strong man. I actually thought he was better in pass protection when he could drop back and anchor. That was exactly the word I was thinking, you know, sink his hips in, engage, and then he wasn't being moved, you know, mm-hmm. and then, then he wasn't being where he had trouble, was when there wasn't a guy lined up head over him, and he had to rotate, you know, slide right or left, and then he then he had a little more trouble. But when he, when you needed to drop back and pass, and he's going, you know, dropping three steps and engaging, he was really good. So Mooty had his moments. Um, for the uh, disappointing player for me, if we if we want to hit on that just a little bit, yeah, I think you're really gonna miss Josie Jewell in pass coverage. Um, yeah. w- when we start talking about. Alexander Johnson, I thought he's been a liability in pass coverage, which is why we haven't seen him as much. And we've seen more of Josie Jewell. Well, now Josie Jewell's not an option. So who's your other guy in there? Baron Browning? Baron Browning is more of a go forward run stuffing in middle linebacker 3 4. Like so now you're looking at Baron Browning and, and Josie and Josie and uh, Alexander Johnson. Johnson. So hopefully Srenad can step up and fill that yeah. role really well because now all of a sudden, your nickel linebacker is starting to look a little shaky right now.
1: Uh, yeah, it's, it sucks. Um, he was playing really good football. Um, he was the team. I, you know, Alexander Johnson, since he started hot his uh, first year with the Broncos, the first year starting with the Broncos, um, he's been one that's a lot of people have had like, oh, this would be a top 10 linebacker. He hasn't really lived up to that since then. He's been good. Josie Jewell's been far and away their best linebacker for the last year and a half. Um, and he was playing at a level that like it was finally all clicking for him, like his understanding of the defense. Um, he's also like Josie Jewel, you know, white, small zero star recruit from who knows where, Iowa, Decorah, Iowa. Um, but uh, he actually is super twitchy, um, like side to side. I think he set like he was like the 97th percentile for the three cone, um, which is Great. I mean, that's a Bill Belichick. You know, I'll give me that. Also, he's really high in the shuttle as well. So those agility stuff. He's not super big or long, and he also doesn't have great long speed. But if he's playing with uh, from the neck up, which he was, uh, he can be good in coverage. He's not really getting out of place. And uh, FanDu is also not asking these linebackers to do anything crazy, you know, like because he has the pass rush and the secondary around them to kind of, you know, funnel the run game to them, et cetera. They'll match up against a running back sometimes. But um, it's a big loss. I'm very disappointed to lose him.
0: Yeah, and, and
1: circling back
0: uh, real quick, Sutton is small for our big wide receiver compared to the league. He's six four. You know, he's uh, he's 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 a big dude. Um, when you're six four, you're not a, a quick twitch slot guy. Your your strength is still your biggest strength is still your size. Uh, that was the only point I was trying to make. Is that six four doesn't go away, uh, even if you had a a, a knee injury. Um, going back to the injuries, this one, this one, we've talked a lot. <laughs> about the injuries that the Broncos have had. But this one, no pun intended, but it really hurts because this is the first real season-ending injury. You know, this is the first of that lot where a lot of the other ones are like, okay, we can beat the Giants. We can beat the Jaguars. We can beat the Jets. While some of these guys who are out early get healthy and come back. And now we've got some experience and some guys that weren't necessarily starters to begin with. But this one, there's no silver lining on this one this one hurts this he's he's out for the year and now someone's got to step up now yesterday in, in in the chats i heard a lot of people asking about trading for a, a middle linebacker let's trade melvin gordon for a middle linebacker um i don't i don't see that happening you know a, a guy that's going to be an upgrade for you know over johnson over sternod it, isn't going to be one to let go by another team you know unless he's a problem which you don't want to bring in anyway so, um, I don't, I don't see that necessarily happening and you know, you don't have a ton of depth at the running back position either Two is really good, but you don't want to be give, giving away, uh, trading away Melvin Gordon right now either.
1: Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, I think maybe people are sleeping on Jonas Griffith as well. I know they brought him in as a, a special teams ace, um, hasn't helped McMahon yet. Um, but, uh, he's a great, great athlete and I thought he flashed in uh, preseason as well in the reps he had. So. He's one that's going to be farther behind. Maybe you won't see him, but he is one also you want to throw out there. And uh, I'm excited to see Stranaud. I think he's the guy that you're really looking forward to here. And uh, you said there's no silver lining for Jewel. I will say the only silver lining is it's probably the least valuable position on the defense for mm-hmm. Fangio. And it's one where um, you're most likely to be able to scheme uh, any issues. Yeah, there's going to be. I just mean from a, a stance of, okay, you know,
0: this we're gonna get some other guys some playing time while he gets healthy, you know. Yeah. Now he he ain't coming back this year, um, you know. And, and Peter says he was hurt on special teams too. And I know there's been a lot of uh, Michael had a stars comment in here too about uh, McMahon having a job on special teams, and this doesn't help um, for sure. Not only was he hurt on special teams, but he was blocked in the back on that play. Um, I don't know if the um, if the announcing crew called that out. But that's one of those that typically gets called, you know, catchers interference past, you know, punt receiver interference or something like that. Or that probably would have been a targeting call in college. Yeah. Um, he was blocked in the back. So it didn't do his return man any favors either by accelerating a 250 pound linebacker into you while you're trying to bring the ball upfield.
1: Yeah, that's a, it's a major bummer. Uh, Jewel was playing great. Also, I feel really bad for him because it was a contract year and he was looking like he was going to make some serious money um considering the lack of linebacker talent across the league and um th- how good he actually was in coverage like people are like oh they see jewel i think they just immediately put him in a box uh because of how he looks but he was killing it in coverage I mean, he he had like three tackles two for loss and well, and his his, his
0: you know, we going into the season you know as we're talking about the team the i hadn't watched the broncos last year i hadn't seen much of Josie jewel so the the talk about him was the two inside linebackers are good going forward, not so good going laterally. Well, the first time I saw Josie Jewell, he's going to the sidelines and stopping a, a a screen pass for you know three yards. I'm like, that that looks lateral to me. Yeah. Um. So he had if it was a deficiency last year, it had turned into a strength for him this year because he was doing a very good job covering those backs and tight ends out of the backfield and moving laterally. It that's that's uh, unfortunate for sure. Um. Uh, Peter uh, calling out Gary. Thank you. <laughs> nice save, Scott uh, Broncos for breakfast coffee. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh got my coffee going right now. You can tell I've got a good caffeinated bliss going. Uh, might take, might take Nick a little while to wake up completely. I've been up for, you know, three and a half hours already. So oh,
1: man, Gary, I appreciate get, you being here. I did go to bed at nine thirty last night though. And it was glorious. Um, my wife had a bunch of friends out here this weekend for a bachelorette party. And uh I was driving at you know three am kind of thing uh picking people up. so that yeah, used to be good in college
0: tired. uh being a designated driver you had some had some fringe benefits uh, yeah. but not so much when you're married and just want to go to bed
1: yeah no, <laughs> you know just, just doing my be- just doing my part um uh, mo, I want to get to you real quick. Good to see you mo good morning um Broncos are playing three straight garbage teams, so I don't know if the giants are garbage um I think they are probably a team that i mean they could have Won that game against Washington football team very easily, and that was on the road, and uh, that was despite some pretty bad offensive line play mistakes. There, I mean, the Giants easily won on one. They'll, they'll probably uh, normalize. Honestly, Daniel Jones is playing good football, um, but three straight garbage teams. Again, you can only beat who's in front of you. If anybody's out there, you know, making a bust or a statue in front of you know Bron- Bronco Stadium, whatever the heck they call it these days, um, of Teddy Bridgewater, and they're planning the Super Bowl parade. Okay pump the brakes. But this team hasn't been 2 and 0 in a while. Um the Chiefs lost, the Chargers lost, probably their two biggest rivals, uh most biggest threats. I know the Raiders are playing great too. AFC West is a beast, man. Um but you know, if you can't be happy about 2 and 0, then I I don't know, man. Like you got to find you got to find your joy somewhere. This team is playing good. Um they do have injuries. That's probably my biggest point that's uh, upsetting so far, but you know, three straight garbage teams? Great. Let's we're, are we going to be 3 and 0? That's what matters.
0: Well, and and there's two back-to-back comments here Um, from CC. You know, I'm not certain that the 19 and 20 Broncos beat the teams. You know, forget convincingly. How about as as Kyle Hudson says, we're winning against teams we're supposed to beat. And you know, again, like you uh, like you just said, you know, haven't been two and zero in a while. Has has Vic Fangio won? a September game, wasn't that the the big knock? So it had to have been a while. You're 0 for September. And um, I'll say it one more time. I'm sorry, and then I won't say it again for the rest of the the, the show. I promise. But until you're beating those teams, you are one of those teams. So guess what? You're mm-hmm. going to hear more of it after this weekend when you beat the Jets' butts at home because they're the worst of these three teams. The Gi- go, Giants, Jags, Jets. You're getting them in order. So yep. I think the giants, the best team you've played so far, Jacksonville next. And then the jets are going to be dueling with the, the Jaguars and Falcons and maybe lions for the number one overall pick again.
1: Yep. I totally agree with you there. Um, man, the lions are terrible. Uh, it was a good week of football though. It was a lot of good football coming. I want to say hello, uh, Kaylee. I'm good to see you. Um, so let's talk a little bit of uh stock now that we're half an hour in, um, to our morning show. The coffee is really starting to course through my veins feeling good. Um, <laughs> Guys who are stock, uh, stock up for me, I want to give a shout-out to somebody who the Broncos treated as replaceable this year, and while his skill set maybe is not the most valuable on the open market, um, he brings a lot of energy to this game and just such a vet presence on that back end. Kareem Jackson. Kareem Jackson was flying all over the field in this game. I was super impressed with him. Um, he had seven tackles. I uh, did have a missed tackle, too, but, I mean, his energy he came down and made some big plays. Uh, obviously, Justin Simmons is the ace back there. You know, the guy you're going to see more on cover one looks or uh, dropping back. But Kareem, even though he is not the same athlete he used to be, he's so instinctual. And again, he's he's an energy player on that back end. When he, when he makes a big play, the defense feeds off of it. I, I was so impressed with Kareem.
0: Well, when you, you want your veteran leaders leading by example, and yeah. he throws his body in there. Like he's a 22-year-old or, you know, a 20-year-old safety in college trying to make his name who hasn't concussed himself 100 times yet. I mean, the way that he flies into tackles coming from the safety position is inspiring to a defense, especially with a guy that's like, dude, this old man can do it. I can certainly do it. It's a a great example for for the younger players. So uh, I'm going to do the same player for both because early on, and I thought even last year, I thought Kyle Fuller at corner last year, Last week struggled a little bit. Um, when I look at you know, I've seen some talk about Darby. Did he take? Did, did Sertan take Darby spot? This this to me, the one that's on the bubble is Fuller. You know, for all the money and all the the pedigree on there, Fuller's been picked on a little bit. Yeah, I picked on early uh, first drive touchdown got beat. Um, then came back and I thought he came back and had a really good game to help shut them down. Because if you're looking at 200 yards of total offense, 75 of those were in the first drive. So, you know, after the first drive, like I said, bow constrictor uh, Denver, just put the, put the, put the clamps on them
1: and shut them down. Classic big 10 football, right. And just power. You want to get the run game going a little bit more. Um, but uh, so far, you know, that's, that's good teams and they're limiting mistakes. Um, so can't be too upset about that. Also Broncos winning the turnover battle two to zero while they were, you know, terrible on third down, they're bad in penalties. Um, when you're winning the turnover battle plus two um, it's, a, uh, it's a, you're going to win most games. Um, so that's a good call. I was a little bit um, uh, disappointed in Fuller as well. And while I think I, apparently a rumor came out that the saints tried pretty hard to trade for Fuller before they traded for Roby. So maybe you see something um, down the line here with that. I think it's probably not super likely with the Broncos being two and Oh, now they're going to probably want to hold onto their depth. Um, but he's disappointed Especially with the injuries showing up the way they've yeah. shown up. Yep. I agree with you. Uh, the biggest one though, for me is Kyle Fuller is probably playing himself. <laughs> It's so early. Who knows? But like so far, the, the trend would be playing himself out of Denver. He's somebody with the name, the pedigree, the all pro. Um, he signed a one year deal in Denver. We'll so he's a one year guy, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. We'll use him this year. He'll be great. Um, But you're probably saying, you know what, Kyle? Uh, hopefully we get a comp pick for you. And uh, we'll roll with Sertan, Darby, bring back Callahan. And um, maybe a, another o- Ojemudia as well. I'm saying say, Ojemudia so. is your guy, isn't he? I do like Ojemudia. I I love him as that fourth cornerback. That's like that's his. Maybe he could develop into that third, but that fourth guy where he can be, be super versatile, play some special teams. I think he's great there. The Kayvon Webster for the Bronco fans out there, you know, he was the fourth cornerback in that uh, no fly zone, and he was on the field. He was fine, but um, you love to have him out there for his physicality, physicality, and his versatility. Um, yeah, and our cloud coming in. Fuller as human things happen. Absolutely, you're right. We're not I'm not expecting perfection, but yeah, we're, we're not, we're not
0: writing them off. But we're talking about guys who we thought didn't have as good of games as others, and it's hard yeah. to if we're going to have that as a topic, we got to talk about guys that didn't necessarily have the great games. He's, he's brand new. He's new to the team first year, a lot of pressure on a guy like that. And it takes some guys a little while longer to adapt than others. Mm -hmm. Scheme wise, culture wise, all of those things. And like I said, I saw a transformation during the game. You know, he, he got beat, picked himself off and was part of a defense that just shut down Jacksonville, the last three and a half quarters of the game. So, um, you don't want to be overly negative, but if we're going to talk about positives and negatives, we're going to, we're going to single, we're going to have to single some guys out. doesn't mean we're writing them off by any stretch.
1: No, you're hundred percent right. And uh stock up for me, the cornerback who's been the most impressive for me, two games in a row has been Bryce Callahan. Um, I know he's just a slot, just a slot cornerback, but when he's healthy, he's so good. Uh, he's obviously the most immersed in this game, which is probably helping him as well, given this is his third year in Denver. And I mean, he's played his whole career essentially besides one year, I think with the, uh, Maybe his whole career for Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel, so that helps him a lot. But um, Bryce Callahan, um, if you could get him, which you, I would be shocked if you couldn't, um, for a cheaper deal than uh, Fuller uh, when the, when the market opens up this year, you can probably get you know way more value, just way more value because he's playing at such a high level. Um, a lot of it will come down to you know how Sertan looks down the stretch. If we're going to see Kerry Vincent Jr., who's probably drafted to be that slot uh, takeover guy, um, it, in theory. Uh, but Bryce Callahan has been playing really good football. And I think we need to appreciate that. Cause I think they got, they were, they were listening and got pretty close uh, to uh, maybe trading in this off season. They they were putting them up, you know, on the trading block saying, Hey, if you're going to give us the three, we'd listen. How about it? I'm
0: going to take an easy stock up, Nick, but I'm going to, I'm going to call it a play that you know, it was probably shown. Like I said, I watched these on, con, on, uh, on the uh, condensed game. So I don't know what gets highlighted, During so, if this was already made a big deal, I apologize, but it was a big deal to me. But Javante Williams, uh, you see what he can do with the ball in his hands. But unless you're, you know, the best running back in the league, you better be able to block, especially as a rookie, when you to get on the field, or else they're going to say, oh, we can't trust him in pass protection in order to have him on the field. So I I wrote it down the timestamp, 4:21 to go in the second quarter. It was third and six, safety blitz. So it was a delayed safety blitz. Williams steps up and absolutely stones a safety, just takes him and just drives him off into the right tackle. Gone. Like that's how you get on the field, Rook. That's how you stay on the field. Everything else can matter. Third and six was completed to Sutton. I think the next play was the touchdown to Sutton, it was or it was right in that, in that neighborhood. So stock up, but not just for the flashy stuff, but for the stuff that has to be done from a running back if you want to play in the NFL. And Javante Williams did it. Brilliantly uh, in this game.
1: Yeah, no, he played great. Um, I there's got to be a stat out there. I'm still kind of uh, getting my feet back in the NFL game as far as like all the stats, but maybe Football Outsiders has one where it's like yards that were not create like singular singular yards that the running back created themselves because most of the time the yards that the running back get they were handed to them by the offensive line. <laughs> um, but Javante Williams was out there making yards out there. Cause the offensive line was struggling. And you could see that with the juxtaposition between Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And while Melvin, obviously to me is the more, uh, if he gets to the second level or breaks the second level giddy up, you know, he could be gone. We saw that week one, but Williams on a down to down basis with how good he is in a phone booth, um, how, how good he is like planting that foot, uh, letting the lights, the, the line slide and then finding, you know, uh, a gap or a hole on the other side pressing the line. He's so good at pressing the line of scrimmage Um, that, uh, maybe he does need to be the more featured guy. And then maybe you go to Melvin Gordon later after Williams has he punched him in the mouth a few times.
0: It, it'll be week to week. And, you know, we talked in the, in the summer about it. It might be, it might be like having a closer, you know, like you just said, having the yeah. guy come in and wear down the defense and then having the other one come in and gets the fourth quarter. So yeah. I, I've said, I said, you know, what, what do you think? I, I think the, 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 the splits gonna be about 50, 50. Well, in this one, it was 50, 50 was 13 carries each. Yeah. Having two guys like this, it's not always going to be the same guy. It's, it's not going to be the same player that's going to be the guy for uh, for any specific game. Having two of them means we're going, to, we're going to go with the hot hand. We're going to go with the scheme matchups. We're going to go with a form table. Who's, who's playing well right now and who's having the game? And so far, it's, it's one and one in two games. Yep. You know, Javante Williams uh, was the better back this week, and Melvin Gordon was probably the better back last week. Yep. And if not, it's arguable. It's close. But you need both of those guys. There, Melvin Gordon's going to have his time for sure. Um, let's, you know, we're not we're not writing him off either. <laughs> no.
1: And Richie, rich yards after contact. That's not exactly what I was getting at. That's a good uh, indicator, though. Um, but I think Football Outsiders has a stat that uh, maybe I'll dig into at some point uh, with that. Um, stock up. How about Cortland Sutton? Man, I, I know that uh, there was that video released of him running, doing that drill. Um, I, Week one, I went back and watched him. He was hobbling after some plays as well. This week, he was, you know, looking a little bit, uh, stretching my leg a little bit after a play. Dude's good. Dude just gets football, getting open. It was awesome to see Teddy Bridgewater and him hook up. Uh, he could have had a 200-yard game. Um, and, uh, man, welcome back Cortland Sutton. It's great to see you. He's going to get better every week. Um, you know, he's definitely, maybe he's had to ice up a little bit after this game, but he was feeling himself after this game too. being like, okay, this is why I'm here. Like, it's my time to shine again. It's a little bit of a bummer that we're not seeing him and Judy together right now, you know, fully operational offense, but, um, seeing Sutton, Sutton out there doing what he did was, uh, awesome to see. Cause another great guy, good person to pull for and what he's going through in a contract year two. um, Good for him, uh, man! What what a game for Cortland Sutton! Big, yeah, the, big the contract, contract the contract year might not be good for the Broncos,
0: um, but yeah, like I I pull said, for the it's players, a, though. Yeah, <laughs> pull for players for sure. But it's a it's yeah. a two way; it, it goes both ways. If he plays his way to the point that you can't afford him, that means you just had a great year from Cortland Sutton. Yeah, uh, that's okay. You know, that's okay. Uh, and they, right now, money hasn't been the problem with the uh, with the with the Denver Broncos. There there's been there is money available depending on how they want to spend it. Um, Yeah. Stock up for sure. You know, the big question obviously is coming back from an injury. All the questions, again, we've said it before, all the questions that we've had of this team coming in have been answered so far, except for one, which is, can can they stay healthy? And that's the Mm -hmm. only one that I think would be a a, a negative right now is there's, there's been too many injuries early. This, this isn't sustainable. Mm -hmm. So hopefully, hopefully the injury bug, you know, flies away somewhere.
1: Yeah. And luckily besides the josie Jewell one the injuries have been not season long we're hoping that you know you're not going to have um long-term issues with uh, Chubb and judy's injuries and ma- major bummer for Chubb too I know that uh, Malik Reed out there um they had a little bit of pass rush once Chubb was subbed off but he's not healthy um he did want to go but you're gonna want you're gonna need Chubb uh if this team is going to uh make some noise not only making the playoffs but in the playoffs as well because he's a uh, he's a difference maker out there when he's healthy so gonna be a uh little bit of a bummer until uh, he's out there. Um, stock down for me on this one, somebody who had a chance to have a redemption game and did not, and also had some plays where awareness down, uh, K.J. Hamler. I was expecting a big game from him, especially with all of the talk they had from him this week. Um, I thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to force feed him, and there was a play where K.J. Hamler had nobody within you know six yards of him. He just got to turn his head back, and it zips right by him because he's not looking for the football. Hopefully, it's another thing where it's a young player. I think K.J. Hamler is still only like 21 or 22 years old, one of the youngest players on the team. Um, but he made a mistake. They still won because of it. You hope he learns from it. But, uh, KJ, man, this, this is a golden opportunity for him with Jerry Judy out right now. Like this is a chance to really, you know, make yourself known in the league on this team, get yourself targets going forward, showing yourself to be, um, indispensable. And, uh, I thought he let an opportunity pass by him this week. Um, another one for me,
0: um, the right tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. I believe that was Jawan Taylor. I thought they, I thought he had a good game. I thought he had a real good game, especially considering he was a sieve on against uh, who they play first game. Uh, Houston. Houston, thank you. Uh, I was expecting a little more from Draymond Jones, yep. Um, yep. and yep. I thought I that uh, you know when when Draymond Jones lined up inside and had Von Miller next to him, then you had to have two guys blocked and you couldn't double team either one of them. So the guard was getting involved and the tackle. But when it was just the right tackle and he was he wasn't you know. He could just man up on one guy. I thought I thought Jawan uh, Taylor did a good job and did a good job of uh, of keeping Draymond Jones fairly quiet. Von Miller was still awesome. He was oh, putting pressure on on every single pass play, every single one. So oh, Von God. Miller is still Von Miller. If there's yeah. any question about what we were going to get out of, of uh, Von Miller this year,
1: he's answered those in the first two games. This may be, be a little bit... Uh hasty but with Chubb's injuries and how good Vaughn looks and you have so much money in your pocket right now as the Broncos do you approach Vaughn I mean yes. Vaughn is, Von is feeling himself right now he loves Teddy he want he, he took some time away from football with the injuries and whatnot um and he looks still like a dominant player if you could lock Vaughn up for a four-year contract here coming up um you think that's too long for the edge well, think- that's a little long
0: that's a little see, 31 3132.
1: He's so twitchy still, and I'm hoping that on that last year the contract—it's—I mean, you know how contracts are. It's, yeah. it's four years, but really, it's. But, three but years. they're it's getting to be more years.
0: guaranteed
1: than than they used to be. Yeah, I'd put the guarantees on the front though. Yeah. Like as much as I possibly could. Yeah, you've got
0: room now, so use it. Yeah. Use yep, it now. Exactly. To, to, it's like okay, we got 40 million of cap room right now. Let's let's give on 40 million, and he doesn't have a cap hit the next three years nice yeah i
1: mean <laughs> or you can just roll it over and it's the same thing accounting wise you're just pushing ones around um but still uh i think with how good Vaughn's looked it's only been two games but like Vaughn looks like vintage Vaughn. he looks as explosive as i can remember um and uh it looks like there's no lingering effect for that uh, injury he had last year i re- I really think this might be the time to approach him for a contract especially because he's i think Vaughn is very much a uh empath right he's a very emotional kind of guy lo- loving it all the time and i think he's really excited about this team right now um i'd approach him i'd say let's get you in here vaughn and then we'll figure out chubb later uh but right now you don't want to let good players go and if you can keep vaughn around with how he's playing and i've been somebody who's like okay maybe time to start thinking at first round edge rusher um because you don't know about von miller's injury contract they almost got rid of him this last offseason blah 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 okay two games he looks like vaughn i really want to pay i i would I you have cap, you have the cap to do it. I'd really approach him right now and say like, let's get something done. Let's keep you around.
0: Yeah. I had a short answer. He said, do we approach Vaughn? Yes. Yes, yeah. we do. Yeah,
1: and he was incredible
0: again. Yes. Yes, we do. And it's not just that he's, he's so much more than just what you see on the field. I mean, he's an elite player, but the he means defense. so much more to this Denver Broncos team in the defense than just what you get from that edge. Yeah. um you know he's a he's a, a leader a true leader of this team in this defense that yeah you take care of those guys you don't let him walk that sends that that sends a bad example to the other players like well, if they'll let him walk then geez you know uh, they, if, oh they're gonna if i play like that they're gonna take care of me too i'm in so yeah. um yeah dylan appreciate you being here okay. coming in from uh moderating the
1: the youtube chat
0: uh, appreciate you being here today
1: yeah, Dylan, good to see you. Dave's in here. Vaughn, four years, 60 million, 30 million guaranteed. You might have to bump that uh 30 million and maybe even that 60 million up. Um, I think that Leonard Floyd contract's probably your uh basis. Um but I mean he's playing so great, you're not sure what's going on with Chubb. Um, and edge rushers are hard to find. Uh so if you can get that guy in here and maybe even take somewhat of a hometown discount because he's feeling himself right now, uh, I think it's I think it's the way to go. I really you know do. He's you playing. know what's more expensive so, than
0: an edge rusher? Not having an edge rusher, yeah.
1: just ask the <laughs> not having
0: a pass rush gets real expensive because your team's not going to be nearly as good as it should be. And then, uh, you know, and all the ramifications that come with a four and
1: 13 season. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. But I mean, with how he's played, the questions are, OK, is Vaughn going to be back after that injury, his age, whatever? He looks so explosive. I, I think I think you would. I think I would approach him. Uh, Chris Hernandez coming in here. Good morning, Go Broncos! Click those little thumbs up. Haven't heard that. Click those little thumbs up in a while, Chris. Brad, bringing me back to the off season. Um, thank you so much, Chris. Good to see you. Um, yeah, Chris. If
0: I'm not mistaken, Chris is in the top five on Facebook stars for the uh, for the Justin Simmons jersey. So, um, either adding to or catching up to that top five with his uh, with his contribution today. Appreciate the stars, Chris.
1: Yeah, thank you so much, Chris. Um getting that name in there. Uh, so also some guys who stock up for me, I mean, we obviously talked, uh, it's obvious Von Miller and Teddy Bridgewater are stock up guys, right? That seems pretty no dip. Um, another one for me that was stock up in this game though, was, uh, God, who, who was it? Oh, it was Mike Purcell overall. I thought Mike Purcell had a really good game Um, the Broncos. Obviously game, uh, flow wise, they did not, um, really have to worry about the run game later on, but early the Jags were trying to lean into that run game. And I thought overall, uh, James Robinson and that Jags defensive line, especially on the interior were getting punched and Mike Purcell stood out while uh, Draymond Jones left me a little bit wanting Draymond flashed like crazy against the giants had this matchup against AJ uh, AJ can this week should have been much better. I thought, uh, I don't know what happened with um, uh, Draymond this week, but he let me down, but I thought Mike Purcell had a good game.
0: Well, it's it come to it come, come, come down to schemes too. I mean, they made an adjustment based on the facts like, Oh God, we got killed here. And this guy's better than the one we just went against. Uh, we need to change up our play calls, our cadence, where we where we line up the uh, where we line up our tight ends, which side we've got our backs, in, all kinds of stuff. So um, all of that might not have been on Draymond, which should again, if we're going to talk about an offense, let's talk about on defense. Yeah, should free up other players to make plays. Gave up 200 yards of total offense, <laughs> 200 yards of total offense D, uh, to the Jaguars. So on the whole it was a spectacular defensive effort and and everybody's got to play their part in that. Even if it means sacrificing something for the team.
1: Yep. No, I agree with you. And uh, my final stock down uh, special teams in general, Um, it's, it's always something right. And some people are, it's not Tom McMahon's fault. Well, He's the guy who's been here three years in the Broncos defense uh, special teams has been terrible. Thank God for Brandon McManus, right? We haven't been really worrying about the kicking game. He's been great, um, but you just, you can't have that. And the, if you're doing that against the Jags where you're ready to ice the game and you give that away to give them space, imagine if you're doing that against Kansas city or a team with like a really competent, potent offense, the, the chargers with Justin Herbert, who looks God, Justin Herbert looks so incredibly good scaring the hell out of me. Um, but yeah, uh, you can't do that. You can't give those teams any breathing room when you're in that point to uh, step on the throat. Um, and they did that against the Jags. Special teams has got to be better. Um, again, I'm more lucky to make these mistakes early and hopefully improve as the season goes along and uh, still winning while you're making these mistakes. Uh, but God damn it, special teams. Like I'm so tired of it. I'm just, I'm so tired of it. That's like, I made make jokes, you know, all the Broncos and the, the Iowa Hawkeyes, you know, Spider-Man pointing meme because they're so same. They're so similar. Um, the Broncos have a much better quarterback than the Iowa Hawkeyes do uh, comparison to their peers. Um, but special teams. The Hawkeyes have an incredible special teams unit. They win every single week. Uh, with that, they gain like 20 yards uh, positive compared to their opponent. Broncos special teams has been butt and uh, continues to be butt. And I'm just so tired of it. I'm done, I'm done with it.
0: Well, it's it's the worst thing if you're ever covering a team in your practice. I'm like the easiest way to get you know beat writer reporters to turn around and walk away is to start calling for special teams. But it can flip a game. And, you know it hasn't it hasn't to this point yet. But you know coming a little bit close to home, the uh, I don't know how many people watched or knew about the Falcons Tampa Bay game, but that game was twenty eight twenty five, and and Falcons were about to get the ball back. Their punter drops a fifty seven yard punt on the Falcons four. They hold them, and then the Falcons shank a punt, thirty yards. Tom Brady gets the ball back on the forty-three. plays later, that game's now a two-score game. It's over. Um, so yeah, it's incredibly important because the game five touchdowns from Tom Brady, two pick-sixes. All this that game turned on two punts, two punts, and uh, it, it, it definitely it means a lot. And I know it. I know this group understands that because when I was in the the gut reaction chat on Sunday. Three out of four super said something about fire the special teams coach.
1: (laughs) It's just been, it's been too long. They've been so, they've been so bad for so long. So uh, they're going to have to improve. They even went out and like traded a fifth round pick for a special teams guy that's supposed to help. You lose your uh, best linebacker to a special teams play. So very frustrating, but uh, what can you do? Uh, Right. That's, that's football. Um, I think Kansas city so far only has one player on IR and the Broncos are at like 10 Um, football gods are unfair like that sometimes, Um, but uh, can't control it. Um, so Scott, uh, I did want to get to you real quick here. How about that? Uh, Micah Parsons looking pretty damn good as an edge rusher. Did he, did two sacks
0: partner? and, uh, you know, two sacks and a tackle for a loss or something. But yeah, I mean, he, how much different is he physically speaking than Von Miller? You know, when they were coming out, they're both 240 pounds, both sub four or five guys, you know, four, I, I think, you know, Micah may even run a four or three, but you know, that's, that's a four, or four guy. Yep. So very similar there, and we, we've talked a lot about when you've got a freaky type of athlete who is just learning the game. What can I do with him to get him involved? I can put him right there on third and long, and say, "Go get that guy." It's your yep. only job. I don't care if you know the, the 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 ten word string defensive call we just made. Line up, put your hand down, and go get the freaking quarterback. Yep, that's how you get your athletes involved in a game. And uh, I, I was. It's a big fan of Micah Parsons, the player. I thought he was a top five talent.
1: Um, mm-hmm. Find a way to get him involved early. Yeah. And something I've learned uh, watching football over the years is the off ball linebacker position. It's obviously better to be a great athlete than not. But what really matters is right here. You got to see the game. You got to mm-hmm. process it will. And also you're part of the backbone of the defense. So you can't be out there guessing. Otherwise you're going to the integrity of the whole back seven is going to be an issue. And in college, Micah Parsons chasing tackle linebacker, um, not always the most instinctual um, and he could get away with it <laughs> in college. Uh, but with what type of athlete he was, the power, the, everything he had, the, the length also, I'm like, this guy's edge one. I don't know what we're talking about here. The off field yeah. stuff. I, I wasn't going to take a shot from where I was at. Um, Cause that was concerning enough, but there were, I, there were two was, guys like that coming out of college.
0: I thought should have been played in that situation. It was Taylor Mays was a safety at USC. He was 225 pounds, sub four, four, 40 plus inch vertical lead, but had absolutely zero football instincts. Yep. Well, take instincts out of the game. Put him as an edge rusher. Yep. <laughs> Put him as an edge rusher. Fine. He's 225 yep. pounds. He's going to, it's a speed rush anyway. It's a speed game. And then uh, Boss Bailey, Champ's yep. younger brother, was actually a better athlete than Champ, if you could believe that. He was bigger. He had a better vertical, and his 40 was within this close of being the same at 240, 245 pounds. But he was not anywhere near the football player that Champ was. Champ had every—he was a total package. Everything. Yeah. Boss was just one of the best athletes to ever put on a helmet. Should and, and and when he got hurt, that derailed part of that. Because as soon as when you're an athlete and you uh you you lose some of that explosiveness and you're not a great football player, then he was out of the league pretty quick. But yeah, uh, interesting interesting players to watch and see how they how teams yeah. are get them involved like that.
1: Yeah, no. I just know we had a uh, obviously the draft leading up to it. Micah Parsons was a topic of a conversation between you and I, mm-hmm. and I uh, I really put my foot in the ground saying um, Broncos, like, oh, we need to find a linebacker that's going to help solve our coverage woes versus Kelsey and Waller. And they pointed at Micah Parsons. I'm like, that's not the guy. Like, if yeah, don't, and, me- and
0: if you don't if you don't want Micah Parsons the person, then it doesn't matter. Yeah, what you get as Micah Parsons the player, it's it's yeah. just scr-
1: scratch his name off the board. Yep. Uh, but, uh, good to see him at edge. And, uh, that's, uh, that's the position I thought, a, it's more valuable and B when you're that type of athlete, that's where you want to see him. So, uh, we'll see if he's there when the Broncos play as well. Um, but, uh, as far as that linebacker is going to help your coverage woes, not him. He was more of a sweeper type. If you're going to play linebacker, they're going to be Devin white, but you need well, a it's, it's, for to look for LaVante David. It's something
0: we still could see depending on how long is that we could see Baron Browning out there. Yep a little bit, you know, he, he, he played some, some edge in certain situations in college and senior bowl and that type of stuff. Yeah. You know, how do we get a little more depth? How do we get him involved a little bit more? How do we get him some snaps and some experience again? Go get the go. And he's about the same size, about 240,
1: 245 pounds. Um, you know, go get the quarterback kid. This, this is going to be real easy. Yep. I agree. And uh, before we get on out of here, um, we've talked a little bit of Teddy. We've talked uh, Javonta Williams, your first impressions on now that we're talking Broncos first round picks, uh Sertan as a starting cornerback for the Denver Broncos getting that first pick, getting a game ball. Um, he was amazing on that interception as well. Talk about ball skills. Not, there's very few cornerbacks who can actually get that done. Um, like he showed on that play, but, uh, thoughts on Micah Parsons, R X. X Patrick, Sertan, the second on his, first I, uh, start.
0: I'm a big, big fan, obviously, you know, yeah. uh, first time I was ever on the mile huddle pod in January. Um, they, it was before free agency, and I had asked Chad, I said, I said, Chad, you know, if we're going to talk about so many players, what are your biggest needs? And he said, like, you know, cornerback. Then he said two other things. Then he said cornerback again. I'm like, well, then you need, you need Patrick Sertan. He's the best, best overall corner in this draft. And he looks even bigger and more physical than I was expecting. I mean, he's just, he's a, he's a grown man out there. Um, some of these tall corners, they're lanky. You know, there, you think of Richard Sherman, he, he looks like a a tall wide receiver that comes out and plays corner. You know, Patrick Sertan, he's just, he's big, he's physical, he's fluid. Uh, he's instinctive. Is he going to make mistakes? Sure. Of course. You know, they, this is an offensive game. Players are going to get beat. So you have the mentality to come back and play and, and make a, make the next play. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So uh, I'm looking forward to watching him play an awful lot in this team. And we talked, actually, and it wasn't just us. Um, you know, does he come in and play almost a nickel linebacker spot? If everybody's healthy on the defensive side and you're third and long, third and eight, third and 12, does he come in and play that rover position in the middle? Now, that's, if Stranod's not, not up for that, it's a definite run, uh, passing situation. Why not have him be... Uh, a Rover or a Jack or whatever type of wildcat for, um, they use for that terminology of a guy yeah. who's just basically a sweeper.
1: Yeah, no, first for Sertan. that's, I think that was originally the goal when you had a lot of depth at the cornerback position. Um, you also saw Michael Ojemudia playing some of that role as well. Um, when uh, they were early in camp, obviously not as good as Sertan, but still um, he has the body type and he's a smart player. But, um, but once you lost Ojamudia once you lost Darby, you're probably putting Sertan more as now. You, now you need your corner to play corner, <laughs> yep. boundary corner specifically. Um, so this that is an interesting conversation. I'm interesting. I'm interested to see what it looks like when Darby's back and how they're going to shuffle these players around. Because uh, I mean, are you benching Kyle Fuller? Probably not. Um, but you're gonna have to figure out what you're gonna do there. Maybe you can slow play it with uh, Darby, which would not be the the worst play in the world considering his injury history, but. It's going to be interesting. It's also going to be inter- an interesting conversation from a team building conversation. If you love Sertan so much as that, you know, he's playing boundary corner, but he's your chess piece. He's your first guy to come in and take the Travis Kelsey's, the Darren Wallers off the field. Well, now you have another big need at boundary corner. I don't know. They'll get some eye rolls, but like, oh, George Payton drafting another first round corner. If your plan is to use Sertan as a matchup piece where he can play boundary, but then he's going to line up over a, a big tight end too, you're going to need another boundary corner. You just are, unless you're going to reach uh, sign, uh, Kyle Fuller or Michael Ojemudia takes big steps forward, but uh, you need to have that player on the boundary that you trust if you're going to free up Sertan to be that uh, movable piece.
0: Yeah, you start looking at, at linebackers and maybe interior offensive linemen. You can do that farther down the draft. Yep, you know uh, you, can do that far, you can do that farther down the draft.
1: I, I fully believe the interior offensive linemen uh, that are going to be the solutions to this team next season, not not just this year, but next season. Those better well be guys already on the team you're talking about Natane moody taking steps forward you're talking about Quinn miners being developed uh, mm-hmm. that's that's why you took those guys when you did um yeah, yeah. Quinn, i, I think know. i think
0: miners is going to be a totally different player after a year yep. than you know than coming out of i don't remember which small school was he the north dakota state one or uh whitewater wisconsin wisconsin whitewater, whitewater. that's right um that that's a big leap i mean yep. that's a that's a big big leap in the trenches it's a big leap for anybody because as we've said before the trenches are a grown man's place. Yep. And it's tough for, for young kids to come in to go against guys that can squat a house that are 30 mm-hmm. years old and you know just grown men, yep. let alone someone that was playing at Wisconsin
1: Whitewater last year. Yep, I agree with you totally. Um, quick, one more shout out before we get on out of here. Uh, congrats to Caden Stearns on getting some snaps out there and starting to be part of that rotation on the back end as well. Uh, he looked good in camp and uh, he's starting to get a chance. He would, I think he had that uh, the dropped interception um as well one went through his hands but uh don't think i'll let that happen again so shout out to caden stearns fifth round pick our fourth round pick for the broncos fifth round pick um but uh good to see him and he's somebody who's definitely in the broncos long-term plans for that starting uh safety position all right i have one question it's rhetorical that i want to leave with the chat and we can talk about it later 11 targets
0: nine receptions from the tight end spot the broncos use a tight end enough
1: yeah, it won't be enough until every single tight end has a touchdown. And uh, Okoye Benoms is good. Um, Noah Fant, uh, great job receiving. What the heck's going on with your blocking, buddy? Uh, that's uh, he's been really upsetting in the blocking game. Um, Kirk Ferentz would be sad. Um, but guys, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we love y'all. It's good to see you on a Tuesday. We'll see you again on Thursday morning. You can find Scott and myself on Twitter: Scott at ScoutKennedy, and myself at Nick Kendall M H H. Uh, you can also follow us at Huddle Up Pod as well as at mile high huddle uh, go to facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle and facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle pod to continue the conversation on there. Um, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, you guys also make sure you're following Scott's channel at youtube.com forward slash C forward slash Scott Kennedy. We will see you guys over there tomorrow to talk a little bit of a uh, Atlanta Falcons. Oh man. Oh, sorry. No, it but it, it, it'll be
0: good we'll we'll be uh, we'll be talking about the Giants too. That's who the, yep. the Falcons have the Giants coming up, so there will be some comparisons uh, from two people who have watched all of the teams involved. So between the Denver uh, the first three games, Denver Broncos, New York Giants, Atlanta Falcons we can we can drop some comparisons and how the Falcons might try and attack them based on where the Denver Broncos had success.
1: yep. Nope. Absolutely. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us to everybody who contributed, everybody who's got eyeballs in here. Um, I'll see you guys tonight for, uh, building the Bronco. Actually, we will see you tonight, um, for building the Bronco. It's going to be Scott and I again, uh, Tuesday night. So oh, it is. I'll,
0: I was like, I'll be there. I'm like, wait, I really will
1: be there. You will So be there. if you didn't
0: get enough of us this, this morning, we'll be back.
1: <laughs> yeah. We'll see you guys tonight as well. Um, cause Carl is still abroad taking care of some, uh, Some family business down in the Dominican, Um, but we'll see you guys tonight. Uh, So just a few short hours, Um, you you guys, you know, rest up, you know, hit the showers, uh, get bring your mind right, and uh, we'll talk some more Broncos, Jags, and uh, maybe now we'll see where the conversation goes as well. If you guys got anything, get us up on Twitter. We can yeah, we Tuesday
0: night we might look a little bit towards uh, towards the Jets. That should be fun. I like making
1: fun of New York. Yeah, God, (laughs) Zach, not just the Jets. I mean, New York. (laughs) all right guys we'll see you later tonight go broncos
0: head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things broncos